You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Let's have a look at a piece of data from the South African economy. And it's not particularly pleasing because it says here that the RMB, that's Rand Merchant Bank, BER, that's Bureau for Economic Research, Business Confidence Index, BCI, fell from 18 points to merely five points in the second quarter. This is the lowest level ever recorded since the BER first began conducting its BCI survey in 1975. Strikingly, a reading of five indicates that just about every respondent in the second quarter was dissatisfied with prevailing business conditions. Okay, this isn't going to be a pleasant interview. With me is Etienne LaRue, <laughs> the chief economist at RMB. This is horrible, Etienne. No, it is. It is horrible. But but in a way, Lindsay, it's understandable. I mean, look, we have experienced, as many people refer to, as a one in a hundred year event. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, the impact was bound to be dramatic. You know, after all, if, if you're in a situation where a significant chunk of your economy was literally in lockdown, you know, you couldn't operate, you lost your income, your sales, but you still had to pay um, labor in many respects and rent and everything. So the fact of the matter is many of our respondents just saw a dramatic deterioration in their finances from making profits to making outright losses. Now, if that is the reality, um, you know, there's absolutely no reason for you to feel satisfied about conditions in your respective industry. During the second quarter, business confidence declined in five sectors, making up the overall RMB, BER, business confidence index. I would say give me the highlights and the lowlights, but just give me the lowlights, if you would, please, Etienne. <laughs> well, the, the lowlight is that confidence in most of the five sectors fell to absolute record low levels. I mean, to levels that we've never seen seen before. So most of the indices, uh, indice levels, um, you know, went down to as low as two in the case of building construction, six in the case of manufacturing, four in the case of wholesalers, two in the case of new vehicle dealers. Um, Once again, not a surprise, um, um, Lindsay, because um, if you you know, in March we're still allowed to sell cars and now suddenly in, in April uh, you were told you can't anymore. There's no sales. There's no income. Well, all your activity will drop like a stone, and uh, um, your confidence level will drop um, equally sharply. And that is exactly what our survey uh, picked up, and what we can gather from the responses. So, um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely not a good story. It's not a good story at all. The point that people will make now when they listen to this is that, oh, well, that, that's in the past and the economy is opening up and the world sure. economy is opening up. So there's going to be a very, very sharp bounce back from these extraordinarily low levels. Uh, what is it? Did yep. I say it's gone from 18 to 5? So no. it, it'll bounce yeah. back to 18 or to 25 or something like yeah. that. The key point here is, as an economist, what do you think? Do you think it will just bounce back and then stabilize at much, much lower levels? Or do you think it will uh, have a V-shaped recovery? No, I, th- I think, well, it's an it's an open question. And, and we can only speculate about that. But the one thing is sure is that if you go from lockdown to opening up the economy, economic activity will revive and there will be a rebound. And with that, you know, confidence will pick up. The more important question for me is um, how strong will the rebound be, not only in the next quarter or two, but over the next couple of quarters. 
And as I say, there's no doubt that there's going to be a snapback in activity. But what worries me a little bit, Lindsay, is that I don't think over the course of a number of quarters that the rebound will actually be very robust. And there are a couple of reasons why I say so. Um, remember, South Africa was in a very weak position even before COVID-19. Um, the economy was in recession. So, um, you know, from that perspective, the hit that we are going to take is probably going to be more substantial than what other economies um, took. Secondly, if you are in a recession prior to a shock like this, it also limits the, um, the magnitude of your policy response. You know, I'm sure that the government would have been would have liked to be in a much stronger position, being able to to give much more to to people losing their work and to support companies. But the fact of the matter is that um, you know the government couldn't because public finances were already in a in poor state prior to COVID nineteen. And I also think uh, what is important to understand, Lindsay, is that. You know, we, it's now June and the economy is at lockdown level three. And that, and according to our estimates, mean that about 85 or 90% of the economy is actually now open again. But yes. let's flip that statistic around. It also means that 15 or 10 to 15% of the economy has been closed since March 26. They've not been allowed to open for now going in 11, 12 weeks. Now, I'm sure that there's a lot of companies that's not going to make it and that there's not a lot of companies that can actually survive a shock like that. And that's why I think that there's going to be a permanent scar and that there's going to be permanent damage done to the economy. And that in itself will obviously limit your ability uh, to, to, to recover um, from a shock like this. So it's almost as though you're saying that the, what happens is that, let's say you've been locked in your house for three months, but now you can go out of your front door and you walk down the high street to walk to the shopping mall. The fact is that you can walk down to the shopping mall, you can walk down the high street, but there's nothing open, or rather only 50 60% of the shops that you used to be used to are open, if yes. you see the and analogy. Course, yeah, and, 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 and the interesting thing here, of course, is um, when, when um, a shop closed down, People lose their work. Yes. Right. And if people lose their work, there's a loss of income. And a loss of income weighs down on future demand and spending. And spending is quite important as an as a engine to, to get things going. So, um, you know, I think that we're going we're gonna to still debate that point for, for many months to come. The sad reality is that only time will tell how much of a permanent uh, damage um, has been caused by COVID-19. And, and I think in South Africa's case, um, it's it's going to be notable. You know, Stats SA published some interesting survey results um, the other day where they surveyed about 2,200 companies spread across nine sectors in the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is interesting is that um, and the survey results, um, I think, was covering um, a significant part of um, April and May. And what their survey results showed is at that point in time, almost 10% of their sample uh, uh, um, was uh, permanently closed down. Permanently. Right? So there, there it is, right? It's not just temporarily. Their survey results and their respondents told them that, listen, we are in the process of permanently closing down our operation. That's very, very 10% sad. is a significant number. 
It's a very scary thing you've just said in the last 10 seconds. Tell me about actually personalise this conversation now. You're, you're working from home, is that correct? Uh, yes. Okay. You work at R&B Rand Merchant Bank, which has a very yes. smart, large building. I think in, <laughs> in Santon. In Santon, in Fredman Drive. Are you still correct. in Fredman Drive? Yeah. Yes, we are. Okay. High rising building. Are you going back there? Um, uh, probably not for a for a while, Lindsay. Um, um, to be honest, um, and I think that would also be a, um, a kind of a almost something that will be shared by a view shared by many people. I think a lot of people are getting used to the idea of working from from home, and you know, just purely saving time in traffic and so on and so forth make that proposition relatively attractive. Now, let's assume if 50% of all the people working in Santon or used to work in Santon now works from home, it's going to create interesting problems for Santon. (laughs) Far less people around in Santon to buy things and quickly pop out lunchtime to do X, Y, Z. Just think about the implications that this might have for restaurants in, in the Santon area. Exactly, in the R&B cafe, you mean you're 11 o'clock, you've, yeah. you've had a hard morning, you want to go and get a cup of coffee. The people that were serving you that coffee, uh, probably 50% have been, have been laid off. The, the implications, the implications are exactly, are enormous. Yeah, let me just give you another practical example. Our canteen at uh, one merchant place in Santon City, on a, on a daily basis, probably served about 700 to 800 meals. Mm. Okay, that was when everyone was working in the office. And now? Now, and now, you know, I don't know what the statistic is now. I don't think they are even open. And if they are open, they're probably only doing quick meals. But the fact of the matter is that if you half the number of meals that they're going to s- serve on a daily basis, you probably need only half the staff. That's a very simple micro example of of the, the implications that, that COVID-19 um, are likely to have. Exactly. And if, you, and, have. and if you multiply that by hundreds and hundreds and maybe even thousands of businesses, uh, then you understand the enormity of the situation that we Correct. face. Correct. And that, that brings me back to the point that I made earlier. There's no doubt in my mind that there's going to be, uh, that capacity is going to be, a portion of capacity is going to be permanently destroyed, meaning that, Companies will close down and people will lose their work and there's going to be a permanent shift higher in the unemployment rate. We can debate by how much, but Mm. the fact that it is likely to happen, I think uh, we can bank on that. Do you want to stay at home or go back to work? (laughs) Um, My my personal preference, I would actually love going back to work. Um, I miss the engagement with with, um, colleagues, you know, um, clients as, as, as well. Um, I think it is very easy, you know, office environment to quickly, you know, get together around the water tank, share ideas, talk about things. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's a, a hassle factor attached to just getting a meeting going. You know, if I want to get a meeting going with 10 people, it's 10 people that I have to to ask before beforehand, do you have time available to do X, Y, Z? It's easy for people to say no as well. Very easy yeah. for people to say no. If you walk, <laughs> exactly. if you walk to them as you say at the water tank and you say, "Excuse me, excuse me, John, uh, would you be available for a meeting?" He looks you in the eye. He can't really say no. Say yes, okay, I can exactly. do exactly. Uh, but on the on the phone, he can think of an excuse immediately. So yes, I do well, understand exactly. your point. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Especially if you used to work in an an open office. 
um, if that was the, um, your setting, you know, these things came much easier than trying to set them up from home. That's a simple few examples. <laughs> well, I hope you get back to work quite soon, Etienne, but clearly you're doing your job anyway, even uh, under these trying circumstances. That's Etienne Leroux, who's the Chief Economist at RMB. We've been talking about the RMB BER Business Confidence Index at an all-time record low since records began in 1975 in the Republic of South Africa. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.